Remember him? Jeffrey Epstein. Still did not kill himself. He is still alive. My strong suspicion is, yes, just that, that he is alive and well somewhere, that his death was faked. Try looking for the pictures of his, uh, his body, all right? They actually are findable on the Internet. Uh, once you find them, this is not the picture. You'll see somebody who is not dead. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein, quick review, 2008, convicted of all kinds of sex crimes, uh, procuring erotic massages from children. Very, very serious stuff. I know it. You know it. How is it that Prince Andrew and Bill Clinton and uh, all those important, very influential people somehow never really picked up on this, huh? Were they charmed by this guy? Did you raise your hand, please? Did you solemnly swear the testimony you're about to give in the matter now pending should be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Yes, ma'am. Could you please state your full name? I'm Jeffrey Edward Epstein, and my residence address is 6100 Red Hook Boulevard in Virgin Islands. Have you ever been convicted of a crime? Yes. What was the crime of which you were convicted? Two uh, counts, one soliciting prostitution and procuring a minor for prostitution. Wow, Jeffrey Epstein in his own words. Speaking, have you ever heard the sound of his voice before? Did he say he live at 6100 something something Boulevard? <laughs> he was the only house on that little private island. That's why the billionaires and the leaders of the world love going to it. Complete seclusion. You know, the crew that he hung with, they knew this stuff about him and they continued to hang out with him. Bill Gates, Bill Gates, master of the universe. Why were they getting together? Were they talking about climate change? Were they talking about computer software? Um, I saw this guy actually with my own eyes once at a Broadway show. And I knew in 2009 what this guy had done. And I gave him a dirty look. I'm like, what the heck are you doing here? Now, if I knew that, you know that, how is it that the director of the Central Intelligence Agency, a guy by the name of William Burns, did not know the deal with Jeffrey Epstein? It is utterly impossible to think that he did not know. That is William Burns. He is currently the director at CIA and the Wall Street Journal revealed today the following. They first met in Washington and then Mr. Burns visited Epstein's townhouse in Manhattan. Now, this happened a few years ago, back when he was the Deputy Secretary of State. That's a very big job. Next, please. These meetings. The director did not know anything about him. This is what the CIA is saying now. The director did not know anything about him. Epstein just offered general advice on transition to the private sector. You know, tips on his, um, his resume, right? Just... Uh, Shine your shoes and have a firm handshake as you transition to the private sector. These denials stink, and everybody knows it. The number two man at the Central Intelligence Agency. You know how many people work there? Yeah, close to what, 80,000 or so people. And he's the number two guy, and he could not figure it out that this was a convicted sex offender. Now, look, there is a time and a place for redemption, and people can come back from horrible crimes, but... This guy had hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank. You know, good luck. And Epstein showed no signs whatsoever of remorse or regret. You saw that in the clip we showed a little while ago. Uh, it's interesting. The deputy secretary of state 
whether it's this guy or Tony Blinken, they love lowlifes. Hunter Biden could summon the deputy secretary of state, the number two man, the number two diplomat in America, Tony Blinken, with, well, an email. He sure liked to send emails and text messages from Hunter Biden to Anthony Blinken. Uh, have a few minutes next week to grab a cup of coffee. I know you are impossibly busy, yeah, on America's time, but would like to get your advice on a couple of things. This is back when Tony Blinken was the number two man at the State Department. I will drop everything in my impossibly busy schedule to absolutely meet with Hunter Biden. This stinks. I thought the State Department was supposed to manage, I don't know, world affairs, America's reputation. No, it's the swamp. They have, they have other agendas, don't they? You know, something about Jeffrey Epstein that is totally fascinating in my book. Epstein was a high school teacher at a prestigious prep school here in New York City. It's called the Dalton School. And this is all the way back in the 1970s. He was a math and science teacher at the Dalton School. Okay, um, Epstein did not have a college degree. Generally speaking, you need those to, um, well, be a teacher, to get a teaching certificate. And here's where it gets really weird. Uh, the man who hired him at the Dalton School, his name is Donald Barr. He is the late father of William Barr, the attorney general. Yes, that guy. Isn't that crazy? I'm not implying there's anything. No, I'm not implying anything. I'm just pointing out that that is totally, totally weird. And that all of these ultra important people gravitated around Jeffrey Epstein, Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton, and now the CIA director. Uh, that's really crazy. And you know, they like to play this video. Well, Donald Trump was associated, was friends with him as well. You got to go way, way, way back, way before any of this stuff came to light. And Donald Trump did finally get the vibe that this guy was no good, cut all ties with him years before he was arrested for this, these unspeakable crimes. He's almost always right. Actually, he's always right. Take a look at this. They're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. Remember this? And how the media just lost their minds. This is, the campaign is dead on arrival. How dare this man speak the truth so boldly, so plainly? They can't handle the truth. They literally can't handle the truth. Crime, yes, he's talking about it coming up from Mexico. Those who break the law to come here are more likely to break the law once they're here. And it happened in horrible, devastating fashion this weekend in Texas. Did you hear about this? Uh, just north of Houston, Texas, in Cleveland, a man opened fire, killed at least five people in his neighborhood. Uh, he was known to kind of shoot his gun off. The neighbors didn't like it. Here's the suspect. Uh, an illegal immigrant, Francisco Oropesa, still at large, still at large, previously deported from the United States five times, five times. And there he was just living among us. As for Secretary Mayorkas, he's in the thoughts and prayers category. What can you tell us about the alleged suspect, Francisco Oropesa? Chuck, it's a horrific crime, and I can assure you. 
and the American people that law enforcement will deliver accountability. The case is an active one mm -hmm. under investigation, so I really can't comment further. There is some question about a citizenship. I won't comment on it because it is an active case. Mm -hmm. uh, the tragedy uh, that occurred is, uh, you described it correctly, just absolutely horrific. It's on him. It's on the Biden administration. Their total lax attitude and approach to all of this. They just don't, they want these people coming in. I really believe that. I wanna ask you about Border Patrol because the union doesn't like you. How can you lead a group of people whose union wants you out of office? Uh, Chuck, I'm incredibly proud to work with the United States Border Patrol. I have supported them vigorously since my first day in office. I will continue to do so. A tremendous source of pride. And I will tell you what this. What do you think the disconnect is? Do you think this is, this is media perception? Why, why, do you think, why do you think there is this a political disconnect? Is this a red-blue divide, just simply that you're, you're in a Democratic administration? What do you believe it is? Uh, Chuck, I'm focused on mission. That's what I'm focused on. Focus. Focus all you want. Here's where he lost the troops uh, when he blasted his own men as racists. Remember the incident with the horse and the Haitian immigrants, right? Uh, well, the Haitian people trying to get here illegally. Oh, these images. What was wrong with them? Mayorkas doesn't know how to handle a horse. He doesn't know how to handle the border. He knew not what he was talking about. Everybody said, including him, that this was somehow a racist thing. He undermined his own men and falsely accused them of the worst possible thing. In the midst of meeting these challenges, we, our entire nation, saw horrifying images that do not reflect who we are, who we aspire to be, or the integrity and values of our truly heroic personnel in the Department of Homeland Security. We know that those images painfully conjured up the worst elements of our nation's ongoing battle against systemic racism. What was he talking about? They were trying to keep the illegals out of the country. They weren't rounding people up. They weren't catching people. I mean, again, I actually thought this was actually kind of cool. These guys were totally professional. You know, they tried to get him in trouble, the horsemen, uh, but they did nothing wrong. And now they're writing him up for uh, using bad language or not having their shoes shined. I mean, really petty stuff. Those guys are good people. So many lies, so many lies, uh, but here's a victory, a visual victory for the truth. Now, it happened some time ago. You know Glenn Beck, right? An amazing truth teller. He told too much truth at one point for Fox News. They jettisoned him for that, uh, but he's great. And, you know, he went on the road. This is a couple of years ago, but he would make public appearances and it would drive the left wild because they hated hearing the truth. And this guy confronts them. Watch what happens. You will be the last to find out you've been due. Enjoy yourself. You don't even know why you're here. So he's talking. He's talking to the Beck protesters. And he, he, he brings it right to this one guy. Listen to this. How much are you getting paid? We know very well How much are you getting paid? here for i am here to stop the hate that glenn beck is promulgating like what one thing that he said that's hateful one thing one thing one one thing that he said that's hateful one one not a hundred one 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 not going to fall into your trap one it's a trap truth is a trap the truth is a trap Yes, for those guys, for those evildoers, the liars, the truth is something of a trap. 
uh, next. He should not be allowed Why is he a coward? to take Why is he a coward? that from us. Why is he a coward? Why is he a coward? Why is he a coward? Your sign says back to the cowards. Why is he a coward? Because he, Why is he a coward? He stands there on, on his... I'm his, asking him. That's what he says. He stands on, in, his, in his, his TV show. It just... You know what? Why is he a coward? Your sign has a very clear statement. Why... SEIU. Who here is from SEIU? Dave, do you remember when SEIU beat up Kenneth Gladney, the black man? You see? They're going away. Man? They're retreating. They, are, they can't handle the truth. They literally can't handle the truth. Jack Nicholson, great, great line. And uh, wow, I love it when the truth wins. And it's winning. I feel it. I feel it. Don't you? We'll be right back. The Democratic primary will look very different. Biden is not expected to face a major opponent for the nomination. <laughs> he already is. Everything they say, everything the mainstream media say is designed to hurt Donald Trump and help and protect Joe Biden. Have they heard of Robert F. Kennedy Jr.? He has emerged as a voice of reason in a sea of insanity in the Democrat Party. Now, look, he's a liberal Democrat on a lot of things. He's not my choice for president, but he's making sense and he's breaking through. And they just they don't even mention his name when they're talking about Joe Biden running for president. Take a look at these polls. Twenty one percent. Look, that may seem small, uh, but in this context, that is a major threat. And Joe Biden, if not Joe Biden, his team they are not comfortable right now with this. This is not something you just blow off. But you heard how the mainstream media ignored it, and that's what they do. The operation is to <laughs> operation protection of Joe. That's what it's all about. So, you know, Joe declared a couple of days ago, right? Um, first of all, you're familiar with the George Stephanopoulos show on ABC. Take a look. This week with George Stephanopoulos starts right now. Making it official. It's time to finish the job. All right. Number one, this show is fake news right off the bat because they keep saying it's this week with George Stephanopoulos and George Stephanopoulos is never on the show. All right. It's that woman named Martha. Uh, that's unfair. And then. All right. So what's the news they covered yesterday? Joe Biden declared last week, you know, they, they stretch it out and they talk about it again on Sunday. All right. And who do they have on? Who's their very first guest to talk about this? Uh, Joe Biden's good friend, Senator Coons, another senator from Delaware. And guess what? He loves Joe Biden. I think Joe Biden is agile, is capable. His record of leadership, both at home and abroad, makes him eminently qualified. And we should be focusing some on the wisdom and experience he brings to the job, in addition to the accomplishments he's had these first years. I, I you catch that part about Joe Biden being agile. Chris Coons is just, I mean, he's not known for being an observant person. Sorry, but do you remember when Joe Biden grabbed that girl? Remember this? Okay, it was Senator Coons' daughter. She's very, very uncomfortable, and he's just happy to be there. He's just, yeah, Joe's agile. Joe's, he's just looking the other way. Literally, he's not looking. 
It's terrible. By the way, she said she didn't mind any of this and it wasn't a problem. I think it was a problem. All right. So when Donald Trump declared back in November, November 15th of 2022, what did this week with George Stephanopoulos, although other posts would say, who did they have on to talk about Donald Trump's big campaign announcement? Watch. As we showed in the January 6th hearings, the president used that platform to incite that attack on the Capitol. Uh, his comments about the vice president, his own vice president, put Mike Pence's life uh, in danger. Okay. Shifty shift right out of the... What is your what is your take on Donald Trump running for president? The very first guy out of the gate. They have a tried and true Biden ally. They are so... Biden should be paying these guys. I mean, this is, what, what do they call it, an in-kind campaign contribution? It's a disgrace. All right, on to Tucker Carlson. Wow, big waves. Now, again, I like Tucker. I consider him an ally, and uh, big things are in store for this guy. Fox totally blew it. I think they caved. The woke mob, Chuck Schumer, said, this guy's got to go. <laughs> they said, Fox News, you got to jump. Fox News said, how high? So... Who's replacing Tucker? Well, right now, it's, uh, it's this guy, Lawrence Jones. I've seen him from time to time. Good guy. Uh, pretty good future, probably. He's only 30 years old, and he joined Fox News in 2018. And primarily, he's a reporter, I believe. Look, this guy, I'm sorry, to host a primetime commentary show, that's totally out of his depth at this point. 10 years from now, 15 from years from now, great. I mean, look at what these guys had to go through. Look at what uh, Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson got that gig at the age of 46. Uh, he already had two decades of prior on-air experience at CNN, PBS, MSNBC. I think he'd been on Dancing with the Stars at that point. Print journalism all through the 90s. Uh, no contest. I'm sorry. The same show, Bill O'Reilly. He started that 8 o'clock uh, time slot, made it a real thing. He was 46 back in 1996, 97, when it became a thing. And he had two decades of prior on-air experience reporting from war zones all over the place, all over the country. And they gave it to Lawrence Jones. I wonder why. I wonder why. Uh, Megyn Kelly has something to say, oh, by the way, about all this. This is all an orchestrated hit job, in my opinion, and it's not a subtle one. It's not enough to fire you, Haya. You must be destroyed, and it doesn't matter how nice a guy you were, how many points you put on the board for the channel, that you brought us through the Trump years, that you were number one in your time slot, that you haven't said one negative word about us. You will be destroyed to settle some angry, bitter, internal PR hacks, personal vendetta against you. Wow. Uh, things are pretty intense over there at Fox. I like uh, Megan a lot. Big future there as well. Who knows? Politics someday. I know she's controversial. That's fine. And one of these days, I predict that there's going to be a Trump-Megan alliance. We'll see what happens. Uh, but she knows Fox through and through. So what do you think, huh? Was Fox right to fire Tucker Carlson? You can text the word PICK, P-I-C-K, uh, to 39747, 39747. We'd really appreciate your input. All right, so Washington had the most lame party that they insist on having every single year, the White House Correspondents' Dinner. These people, they're so in love with themselves. It is kind of funny, actually. Take a look at this person. 
When we're asking questions in the Oval Office, and under the wing of Air Force One, or in the briefing room, we are stand-ins for the American people. Our responsibility to the country is woven into the fabric of the nation, enshrined in the First Amendment of the Constitution, and we take that responsibility seriously. It just, what, the American people don't want to know anything about the laptop? The American people don't want to know anything about the money coming to the Bidens from China? The American people want the reporter's questions submitted ahead of time to the president? This is a total and complete scam, all right? And everybody knows it. Even they know it. But it doesn't stop them from being so, so self-righteous. Oh, and handing out awards. That's what they do all the time, all right? They think they're the best, uh, and this is what they do. The Aldo Beckman Award for Overall Excellence in White House Coverage is named for a former association president, the late Chicago Tribune correspondent Aldo Beckman. This year, the award goes to Matt Viser of The Washington Post. The Award for Excellence in Presidential News Coverage by Visual Journalists this year goes to my dear friend, everybody's dear friend, Doug Mills of the New York Times. <laughs> the Katherine Graham Award for Courage and Accountability, named in honor of the legendary Washington Post publisher, goes this year to Josh Gerstein and Alex Ward of Politico. They're the ones who put out the Dobbs decision, that leak, that may have endangered the lives of Supreme Court justices. Woohoo! So here's the most pathetic award, quite frankly. Uh, it's the getting the story two hours before everybody else gets the story award. The WHCA gives out two awards for reporting under deadline pressure, one for print, another for broadcast. This year's print winner is Jeff Mason of Reuters. The judges said based on a tip and working his sources, Jeff broke the news of a White House solar initiative late on a Sunday night, hours before the administration announced it on Monday morning. The speed of Jeff's reporting had an impact on the markets and led to multiple other news outlets citing his piece before the official White House announcement the following day. Please welcome the winner of the Deadline Award for Print from Reuters, Jeff Mason. <laughs> Uh, the press release was coming out on Monday morning, and this guy got it on Sunday night. Yeah, that's, that's real enterprise reporting, huh? And what do you get for this? You get a great big fat trophy, and you get to meet the president, and he actually he congratulates you for the pathetic scoop, which is really not a scoop. You know, for some reason, Arnold Schwarzenegger was uh, kicking off the festivities from California. Uh, watch this. From Washington, D.C., it's the White House Correspondents' Dinner with special appearances by Kelly O'Donnell, Eugene Daniels, Karen Travers, the Property Brothers, the President of the United States, and tonight's headliner, Roy Wood Jr. But first from Los Angeles, a very special message from Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hello, everybody. What the he's not the governor anymore. He hasn't been governor for a long time. You know why they like him? Because he hates Trump. That's it. That's your ticket. OK. And uh, oh, he's big into uh, uh, fighting climate change. Another another passion of theirs, a fake passion. But anyway, what else did he say? And tonight's event, of course, sends a powerful message 
that you don't see politicians schmoozing and drinking with the press in Beijing or in Moscow and places like that. No, not at all. Here we're having a good time. Yeah, having a good time. That's the problem. You know, journalists, real journalists in, um, in China and Russia, they're like, they're underground. They're being, they are actually writing things critical of the regime and their lives are in danger. Very, very chummy and different and ineffective, quite frankly. Look at these people all over the general who lost the war in Afghanistan. How about asking, how about asking about that? No, let's get a selfie. Hmm? How about another person who comes by and doesn't even ask him for a selfie, but just kind of pops in? I guess this is a photo bomb, right? Where is she? Where is she in the pink dress? Uh, here she is. Here she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's General Milley. Yeah, the guy who blew it. The guy who's ruined the military. Mr. Woke Military. This is... This should not be. This is a waste of time, money, and... Uh, what else, Arnold? So even though you've asked questions that annoyed the hell out of me, I remind myself always that you're actually doing the people's work. You're the ally of the people. So never, ever stop shining a light on the truth and informing the public. <laughs> yeah, except doing anything that could possibly offend the press room at the White House. Don't ask anything about the laptop. Don't ask anything about how Joe actually met Jill Biden. Don't ask anything that will upset the regime. It's kind of amazing. That's not shining a light. That's that's one party rule. This is borderline communism. All right. This is TASS, the government agency for news from Russia. All right, then the comedian took over, and uh, he actually wasn't half bad, uh, believe it or not. I'm just surprised this got such a strong laugh. Speaking of drag queens, can, can we stop with the grooming stuff? Can you stop talking about that? Drag queens are not at a school to groom your kids. Stop it. Stop it. Why the hell are they there then? Why would that room erupt in applause? The notion of drag queens hanging out with children really turns on the Washington press corps, huh? That is insanity. They are insane and corrupt, and this is indefensible. I'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Carson. You know, uh, there's a stage in your life you have to worry about self-preservation. And you know what? You got to start taking care of your liver now. Why? Because the latest data from the American Heart Association indicates that adults with fatty liver were 3.5 times more likely to have heart failure than those without. The American Liver Foundation says that 100 million Americans have fatty liver, which means many are at risk. We throw everything in our livers, alcohol, toxins, statins, cigarettes, whatever. That's why so many of us have a sluggish, fatty liver that makes us gain weight and lose energy. There is a solution. Liver Health Formula. All natural supplement contains 12 clinically proven botanicals that help recharge and protect your liver. You can try Liver Health Formula and receive a free bottle of nano-powered omega-3 to keep your heart healthy. Try Liver Health Formula by going to GetLiverHelp.com slash Newsmax. GetLiverHelp.com slash Newsmax and claim your free bonus gift. That's GetLiverHelp.com slash Newsmax. All right. You are looking at uh, London Roberts and her daughter, Navy. Not pictured is the, is the baby's father. 
Hunter Biden. Hunter has done everything he can to avoid responsibility here. Now, uh, several years ago, Hunter met London when she was a dancer in Washington, D.C. They had a brief fling. She got pregnant, and Hunter wants nothing to do with the child. First denied that it was his. A paternity test concluded that it was. He had to be forced into making child uh, payments, and now he wants those payments reduced, child care payments reduced. It is such a disgrace. It really is. Eric Eggers joins us, vice president of the Government Accountability Project. He has had his eye on Hunter Biden for a, a long time. Uh, this is something they could fix, Eric Eggers. I would think they would want to out of the decency of uh, the, the Biden family name. Why don't they take care of this young woman and girl? Well, I, th I think the prospect of being decent waved bye-bye to the Bidens a long time ago, Greg. I mean, this is unfortunately just par for the course on an increasingly embarrassing scorecard for every member of the Biden family, not least of which is Hunter. Uh, I think the good news, though, while it might be bad news and it's an embarrassment to the Biden name, and it's bad news for the country that the son of the president is embroiled in a scandal like this. The good news is that the legal proceedings, the fact that Hunter Biden tried to cheap out on the paternity support for his love child actually might lead to transparency and revelations about just how much money the Biden family has schemed their way into, uh, not, not least of which might be money to James Biden, and eventually, hopefully, uh, Joe Biden himself will have some final uh, answers on that topic. Now, Joe, we just saw him there at the at the White House with Hunter Biden. And Joe is supposed to be Mr. Empathy, right? Mr. Decency. He was going to return America, find its soul again. Can I see that footage? Because Hunter Biden is basically living at the White House, it seems like sometimes. How is it that this is just a Hunter Biden story and not a Joe Biden story? He is denying the existence of his own granddaughter. Yeah, it's a great point, Greg. Um, I actually think it's the media is intentionally making it a Hunter Biden story, so it won't be a Joe Biden story. The fact that Hunter Biden showed up in court today for a paternity suit actually has been more widely reported in mainstream media than the findings and proven business transactions that are on Hunter Biden's laptop. So it's sort of insane that this makes news when the fact that the Biden family has been mired in international dealings, he's accused of money laundering, he's not paying his taxes. And I think the fact that this is getting reported and the other stories have been ignored um, is in of itself a story. But you're absolutely right. From a human decency standpoint, Joe Biden, you would like to think, would want to claim uh, ownership or at least acknowledge the presence of one of his grandchildren. But it's just the latest in a string of ways that Joe Biden appears to go out of his way to cover up for Hunter Biden's mistakes. And they even, uh, I guess, they want this young girl, the daughter, to not be able to use the Biden name. She can't be a Biden, which is, I mean, this is this should be a huge scandal. And the press the other day, they just said, uh, oh, we're we're always pursuing the truth and shining a light on things. Here's Joe Biden again. He loves talking about his grandkids, except not all of them, except not little Navy. Listen to this. I have six grandchildren, and I'm crazy about them. And I speak to them every single day. Not a joke. Matter of fact, I just got finished going through the calls, and uh, only one of them answered the phone. Uh, but at least I got to leave a message. I'm sorry, that's kind of depraved. He knows there's another, there's another grandchild. There is, so Abby Lowell, 
Tell us a little bit about him. Hunter showed up in court today in uh, Ozark, Arkansas. Let's go ahead and roll that video if we could. And he was with Abby Lowell, which is a major, he's a major D.C. player. It's kind of ironic that he's claiming that he doesn't have enough money, I think, but he has enough money to pay Abby Lowell, who is a very high-priced attorney. He's like the number one attorney in the Beltway, in the swamp, isn't he? No, that's absolutely right. How can you poor mouth your way into getting your child support reduced when you're paying what's reported to be $850 an hour for top-notch legal representation? But then again, it might be one of the savviest moves Hunter Biden's making right now. Because as we learned 25 years ago, Arkansas judges are no stranger to holding powerful people accountable. Remember, it was an Arkansas judge that got Bill Clinton disbarred for lying under oath in the Paula Jones case. So it actually might be this Arkansas judge, once again, another female judge from Arkansas, that is able to speak truth to power to hold men who think they're above the law accountable. She's already said that they're abusing their ability to redact financial records. And to the extent that the, the attorneys for Ms. Roberts are asking for some of the same things that Republicans on the House Oversight Committee are asking for, and the Judge Meyer told yeah. the attorneys for the child that they're allowed to subpoena financial records, uh, I think we may actually find that uh, Mr. Mr. Biden's attorney is going to earn every penny huh. of what he's earning. You know, this is the same family, though, that said publicly they were happy that Hunter was dating his dead wife's wife, Haley. They actually put a statement out and said they were happy about that. Of course, any family would be devastated. These are these are sick people. I'm sorry. This is bad news. Eric Eggers, you are not. Although I got to tell you, you look like a much cleaner, better-looking version of, uh, of Hunter. We've talked about that before. It's kind of crazy how much you look like that guy. Well, not in this, uh, not, not, not with the beard. All right, I got to go, Eric. Sorry about that. Many thanks. Uh, check out his podcast. It's great stuff. Uh, what is your podcast, please? It's called The Drill Down with Peter Schweitzer. And, Greg, I never look less like Hunter Biden than on Monday night. <laughs> okay. I think I got you. I'll be right back. All the best. So this Dylan Mulvaney moment uh, with the beer and uh, everything she or he has gotten himself into, has had a terrible effect on the country. I mean, this is just uh, a sign of the times, I guess. With all this nonsense going on, what do you think it's done to our readiness over at, say, the Pentagon? Now, the Pentagon has been saddled over the past two years with a bunch of woke junk. And everybody knows it, yet the military, at least the generals, the service secretaries are going along with it. And undoubtedly, it is uh, lessening our readiness, our preparedness for the next war, which the way things are going is going to happen pretty damn soon. I'd like to bring in Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaffer, U.S. Army Reserve. Uh, president of the London Center for Policy Research. He, uh, he retired from the reserves. And Lieutenant Colonel Stu Scheller, former United States Marine Corps, who left the Marine Corps in the most spectacular and cool way imaginable. More on that in a little bit. Um, Tony, yeah. I, the military, can you give us a sense of just how much of a burden all of this DEI stuff is on the military. They already had a tough job. How has DEI and woke made it even tougher? 
It's made it tougher by the fact that people recognize what's going on, Greg, and the enlistment uh, numbers are way down. Uh, no service is making their recruiting numbers. And that's critical at a time that we are confronting the Chinese and trying to maintain a very strong sense of capability. Remember, all this is, uh, DEI is Marxism Redo. It uh, enshrines grievance politics and teaches systemic racism against whites. It undermines trust, unit cohesion, unity. Remember, Greg, uh, the opposite of unity is diversity. And this diversity uh, at the name of uh, making the military into a social petri dish is causing great harm. I talk to colonels all the time who are in command. And I'm telling you right now, they're doing their best to try to maintain readiness. But it just, it, when you don't trust the, the person next to you, if you're, if you're in the Marine Corps, you're all Marines. If you're in the Army, you're all green, that you, you're losing that very rapidly and is causing huge problems. Stu Scheller, uh, you were actually on active duty under Joe Biden. And I remember Lloyd Austin saying we're going to root out all the white supremacy and the extremism in the ranks, of which I don't think there quite frankly is any. But you were there firsthand. What was it like? Yeah, absolutely. The focus of the military should always be on warfighting capability. Anything other than that detracts from readiness. I think Lloyd Austin's focus on covid on things that are political issues, but not necessarily making the military the most lethal force uh, is a distraction. And, and it's not the focus that we need from our leaders right now. Uh, and did you notice, though, was there a cultural shift? I mean, when the Biden administration came in and you're at the battalion level, did you could you feel it? Was there a difference? Uh, there absolutely was. It, quite honestly, it started under President Obama. But the Marine Corps, Ray Mavis, put in a lot of policies um, that we're, we were focusing on things other than war fighting. The diversity is something that has been pushed through really since, I think, 2008. Uh, and and my, my personal position is it's not necessarily the most diverse force. You want the most lethal force. History doesn't demonstrate that the most diverse force wins wars. It's the most lethal force. And so we should have one standard. Everyone should try out for the team. It shouldn't matter what color, race, spirituality, gender you are, if you're the best player, you should make the team. And, and you look uh, at sports teams. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. But, uh, well, remember this moment, uh, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, he was saying this nonsense out loud. Go ahead and roll General Milley, Mr. White Rage. I want to understand white rage, and I'm white, and I want to understand it. Now, that was actually, I think that was uttered, after Joe Biden had taken office, and yet that was a long time in the making, wasn't it, uh, Tony? Yeah, look, I know Mark, and Mark should know better than to bring this sort of cultural Marxism, as I mentioned, to the military. Uh, by the way, I testified at Stu's trial when he was uh, going out the way to go, and the fact was, even then, during the trial, during the way things were proceeding, it's very clear that it's not about lethality or calling to account those who fail because of, in, of, 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 of inability to yeah. do their mission. Uh, Milley survived this, Greg, because he's embraced this very thing. Milley was the chairman of the Joint Chiefs when Stu faced his trial by fire. Yeah. And yet he's still there. Austin's still there. It's a travesty. So we're not looking at a lethal force. They're we're so looking political. At a correct force. So that, political. Right. And the only guy political. the only guy who demanded accountability is the one who kind of lost his job. You were amazing. Uh, That's right. Lieutenant Colonel Scheller. To be continued, both of you. Sorry we ran out of time. Tony and Stu, great stuff. I'll be right back.
Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen. All right, so what is the deep state? It's a term that's thrown around quite a bit. I think we have a sense, though, what it is. It is the unelected bureaucracy that maintains itself in Washington, D.C. They have utter disdain, I do believe, for our democracy. They think they're somehow better than elected representatives. I actually am not in favor of term limits. If you have term limits, it even further reduces the, well, the power of the people. Because these unelected bureaucrats, they stay there forever especially in the intelligence community. It is, um, well, quite frankly, it's dangerous. And this has been an issue for a long, long time. The deep state has really been around since Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And the guy on the left there, he's walking with Richard Nixon. His name is Charles Houston. Now, he was, um, well, a controversial character in the Nixon administration. We all know about Watergate. We all know that Nixon, well... He was kind of a paranoid guy, but even paranoid people have real enemies. And the whole country was was falling apart. And they noticed that the FBI, the Central Intelligence Agency, uh, the they weren't telling them anything. They were not sharing intelligence with the White House. Now, why would that be? Fifty, almost 50 years ago. In the church committee hearings, do you know the church committee hearings? There was an attempt to reform um, the intelligence community because it had become a, a monster and they were just serving themselves and not the elected leaders, not our leaders. This is Charles Houston. They wanted to hear from him because he came up with some pretty interesting ideas and uh, borderline legal, illegal. But listen to what he said. It seems to me that many of these agencies just kind of operated in their own world and, and had their own programs going. Uh, they didn't want anyone else to know it. And the thing that intrigues me is that I always was under the illusion that the purpose of intelligence was to provide policymakers with information upon which to make policies. But if the policymaker doesn't even know that those sources of information are available, I don't know what in the world good it does anybody, except the people who are operating it for their own gratification. The bureaucracies, they serve themselves, and they were hoarding secrets for their, to maintain their own power. And little has changed. Little has changed. That deep state is deeper than ever before. Thank you so much. I'll see you tomorrow. Night.